In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. There's no Paul. I'm going to say it's an upgrade, only because he probably hopefully doesn't listen. In which case, I'm sorry, Paul, but uh, I've got Ian on. So, Ian, how are you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, if Paul's not editing or Paul's not contributing, he's probably off cooking something, not for us. So, there was a tweet out today by Ian Rappaport. It said, I had a GM tell me the media is wronger about mock drafts this year than they've ever been before. And so I got a thought, who are we going to have on? We've got to have the guy on that's done 175 mock drafts just on the Browns. And they're all wrong. Well, I'm convinced they're all right. So are you, <laughs> we've got him on to defend his honor. How are you doing, Stephen, a.k.a. Uh, Browns Daily Mock Draft? Thank you, my friend. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, it's always good to get you on, especially around this time of year. You, you can't do draft um, about the Browns without you. So uh, firstly, hope you're all well and everything's going good. Are you excited for draft? It's obviously going to be a little bit different this year. Well, I mean, you know, with my busy schedule, it's, it's going to be hard to work it in. Oh, no, wait a second. I'm free until two weeks after the end of time. So yeah, I'm actually looking forward to having something real to talk about. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be uh, something's going to happen. We know somebody's going to lose a connection. Somebody's going to hit the wrong button. Somebody's going to turn their camera on before they're supposed to and give other teams a look at their whiteboard. I mean, you know, it's going to happen. So uh, it's, it's going to be unlike anything we've ever seen, but I think we're all going to have a blast with it. I only pray that it's Bill Belichick. <laughs> there Bill will Belichick's be got someone changes. outside Bill the will... window of every GM just looking in, <laughs> hoping to see their board. So Bill's going to have them people out there. Bill's have just a, it's going to be a black screen, and then it's just going to come on, and he's going to go, you know, Jeffrey Okuda, and then black screen again. That's it. That's, that's all Bill's going to say. Yeah. He's hacked into all the GM's nest cans, and he's watching. <laughs> he's got rings installed all around the country. <laughs> so it's been a conversation since you started doing mock drafts 175 days ago, um, and I think pretty much we know where we're at. It's very, very likely that first pick is going to be a left tackle. So I thought today, let's focus on round two because there's loads of different directions we could go. So I've got two guys on here that are just going to throw out different names. So we're just going to go position by position, different areas where we might see someone getting added. And we're going to start on the defense. Let's start at the back, work our way to the front. If I said day two safety, so it could be second, third round, who's sort of the guys that excite you most? We'll start with Stephen first. Uh, well, I don't think it's any secret. Uh, Jeremy Chin is uh, probably right at the top of my list. His versatility and his athleticism is off the charts. He can do virtually anything you want a safety to do. And we know that uh, you know they like to move guys around back there now and have uh, that kind of positional flexibility and being able, being able to hide things. He can come up and he can do some linebacker-ish stuff if you wanted to do that in certain sub packages. So that would be a guy right at the top for me. Uh, lately it seems to be trending that everybody's favorite Antoine Winfield is not going to be there at 41, but if he is, he would also certainly be 
uh, in the conversation. I like Ashton Davis uh, a good deal more than a lot of other people. I understand the age factor and everything else. If you go a little bit further down, you're talking more 74, 97. Uh, Terrell Burgess is is uh, very underrated, I think. And Brandon Jones has sort of disappeared from the radar. He was a big name. Like during the season, people kept talking about Brandon Jones to the Browns, and he sort of just sort of – I haven't heard his name in weeks. So, you know, uh, it depends on how things fall. But those are generally the guys that I would have in that range. Nice. Anyone else uh, interest you, Ian? You know, it's ironic because when you look at the safety class, you see the hybrid uh, transformer that is Isaiah Simmons, who, you know, we don't know if he's going to play Sam, or he's not going to play safety, what it is. And that's really kind of it. You know, you have a nice little drop off after that. So that's where you start getting into the guys like Chin and McKinney and those guys. But I still think Winfield will probably be on the board at 41. I think that injury history and a little bit of his undersizedness um, is going to push him back. The one that I would be interested in is Jeremy Chin. You know, he's a kid out of Southern Illinois right here in the state that I'm living in. Um, I just, I think with that much raw athleticism, I think he's the guy that kind of slips into the back of the first round. So, you know, if you're looking into that kind of late day too, you talk about, you know, Burgess from Utah or Brandon Jones from Texas. Those are definitely kind of maybe your third round options. But if you miss out on one of those guys or, you know, say they don't have Ashton Davis high up because, you know, he's more of an, injury flag, whatever the reason is, you start getting into day three, you look at guys like Kayvon Wallace from Clemson, um, you know, the kid out of Georgia, J.R. Reed has a little bit of upside, um, or even staying in the state of Ohio, one of the guys I like, who I think would really cut his teeth on special teams, that's definitely a day three pick is Jordan Fuller, mm-hmm. um, you know, he was a starter at Ohio State, highly regarded, you know, didn't test all that great, I think he ran like a 4-6 uh, at the combine, you know, but he's six one, a little over two hundred pounds. Very smart player, staple of Ohio State's defense. So if we're getting into day three, guys, you know, you have uh, Jordan Fuller from Ohio State, um, Kaliki Hudson from Michigan's another guy that I know I think will get a draftable grade there in day three. Hold the horses on day three. Let, let's just stick to day two. Let's keep it all day two. <laughs> I thought there's, there's so safety, many baby. players that we could talk about all the round one. We could do a podcast just on safeties. We're just flying through day two, so. <laughs> Guys on day two. Cut it off. Um, We'll jump a little bit further. We'll look at corner. And particularly if there's any slot corners you like, because that is definitely a starting gig that the Browns just don't have. Um, Any sort of names come to mind? Uh, We'll go, Stephen. Uh, Well, corners on day two, guys, they're generally seen, you know, you look around at most of the mocks uh, where they're generally seen in that range. You've got uh, uh, Damon Arnett from Ohio State, Darnay Holmes, um, uh, Amik Robertson. Uh, is a guy that I like, and I know all of our friend Jeff Lloyd over at Mockdown Browns, I like him a lot. Um, he's, he's not projected to the slot, but uh, uh, Bryce Hall has uh, – he's got a wide range. I mean, he's generally considered, you know, late day one before the injury, but the injury was – it was a big one, and it's to an ankle. So to a guy in that position, I, I've seen him down as low as like the 90s in, in, in some of the mocks and stuff like that. So – if he's around at that 74 even, and you get to 97, maybe 115, something like that, it would be really hard for me to pass up on a guy like, uh, uh, on a guy like Bryce Hall. And I also, uh, Dantzler's been dropping. I don't know if that's, you know, one of those things where they try to get a guy to drop the week before the draft, but I like him on day two. And I also like Troy Pride a great bit, uh, deal more than a lot of the people that I've seen. Um, again, it's going to be all about value for corner. Uh, personally, I think the need at corner is a little bit greater than a lot of our, of our friends on Brown's Twitter have, have made it out to be like a lot of people aren't even talking about corner at all, 
but I also don't think it's something where you, you have to take one. Like, you know, if you get to 74 and there's an edge that you like and a corner, probably lean towards the edge. Cause I personally, I think that's a little bit more of a pressing need at this point, but again, it's all about trust your board at that point. So there's, there's options on day two that I like. Ian. Yeah. If you want to chat, we can get into the UDFA corners too. Um, <laughs> so corners, this is the thing. Like I know there's going to be a run on corners in that first round. I'm curious who's going to be the odd man out because right. realistically, you know, you're talking about, six corners maybe in the first but if you know wide receivers go heavy does that push some of these corners into day two you know I've seen that people have Christian Fulton from LSU kind of falling into that greedy Williams type of thing where he's gonna fall back that'd be awesome I'd be curious because you're talking about a guy who's probably best suited to play the slot in the NFL um you know he's a little undersized at about 5'11 so he's a guy that I do like if he falls um Damon Arnett to me is not really a slot guy I watched every single game he played at Ohio State right I would put him as a boundary corner um Dantzler if you believe his virtual pro day he ran like a 3.97 so that would be interesting um I wouldn't mind seeing that one uh the kid out of Michigan State Josiah Scott um he's probably one that I would look at if we're talking about you know some slot corners uh Bryce Hall he's a little bigger he's like what about 6'1 isn't he I yeah, he's, he's definitely on the outside. I was just talking yeah. corners in general. I wasn't just talking slots, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. So I think if we're talking slots, I like the kid Pride from Notre Dame. Uh, Josiah Scott's one that I like. And I think Amik Robertson, who you had mentioned, uh, he's definitely a guy that can play inside. Those are some names for that day two, uh, second, third round that I could see the Browns going with. Because as we know, we can't rely on Kevin Johnson. Like if he starts 12 out of the 16 games, that's phenomenal. Because at this point, I don't think he's played an entire season. Talking about uh, uh, circling back for a second, the guys that you think uh, that might slide, and I've seen it happen a few times lately in some of the bigger mocks, and I, I would be thrilled, um, and he's not a slot, but uh, Jalen Johnson, if he's there at 41, I, I mean, it, uh, corner's probably not your number one need you're looking at at 41, but boy, would that he be definitely be in the conversation for me at that point if he's, if he's around at that spot, because that dude can play. No, it's, it's definitely something. It's sort of the one position on the defense. I can't see Chase Young dropping all the way to 10, but Akuda is potentially a player that drops to 10. And that could be a position where I go, sod it. It doesn't really fit a direct need. We'll dress left tackle in the second round, but just grab him. But next we move on to what I dub the running backs of the defense. So we've got the linebacker position. Um, obviously a bit thin there, not too much going on, but... Uh, any names that excite you? And we're talking about real linebackers here. So the 4-3 the, uh, linebackers, not edge defenders, um, using sort of PFF definition, a true linebacker. Don't forget Joe Schobert was that fourth or 3-4 that they converted. So there's, there's some guys out there that may fit that bill, Jack. Nah. All right. Well, <laughs> let, let's, let's hear, Stephen. What, what are you thinking? Day two, day three, or day two, round three. What do you think? What do you, what do you like? Well, I mean, the obvious one that everybody's been chirping about for weeks now is Logan Wilson. I mean, if he's there at 74 and 10 and 41 have gone, you know, somewhat the way we thought, I mean, there are some mocks out there where you can still get him at 97 or even later. I'm not personally buying it. So if you want him, I think 74 is the spot. Uh, that would be a guy. I know our friend uh, uh, Jeff Lloyd likes uh, Jacob Phillips quite a bit. Uh, as well. I also like Troy Dye. Um, he, he didn't have as good a year as everybody 
thought that he would, um, but I still like him. It's probably more of a 97 uh, type pick there. Um, and then uh, if we're going to sneak around uh, a day three guy in, I like Michael Walker at that one, maybe at that 115 spot out of Fresno State. I think he's being very underrated. He can do a lot of stuff. He can play the inside. He can play the outside. He can drop. He can rush. He can do a lot of things. So there's, there's, it's not as deep as some of the other positions. But, again, if Logan Wilson's there at 74, uh, right at the top of the conversation for me. You know, linebacker is one of these things. So, Jack, if you don't know this, Stephen, uh, Jack has a love affair with Paul DePodesta. And – Paul is tasked with finding trends, you know, that strategy. And I think linebacker is the most meat. This, I could not draw a better correlation between two things than Paul DePodesta and day two linebackers. There's one guy, obviously, that's that hybrid in Simmons. Then you have a lot of, like, what's your fancy? You know, like – Kenneth Murray, who's a guy who could be mocked as early as 16, he could go to the Ravens or he could go day two. So when we're looking like that second round 41, I think you're going to have, and you know, whether Zach Bond drank a lot of water, smoked weed or whatever sure. it is, this is a guy who has superior athleticism. Yes, did he primarily play on the outside at Wisconsin? But I don't think that would hinder him from really kind of maybe working into that that kind of Sam rusher cover a little bit space over there on that side. But the other guy I like is uh, Akeem Davis Gaither, the kid from Appalachian state. Sure. Um, I think he's going to be a real big fancy um, favorite of somebody in the second round. Also, I like Jordan Brooks from Texas tech. I really like him because I think he steps in and can really fill that middle linebacker role, which mm -hmm. right now BJ Goodson has the weakest grasp of all positions, but you know, the other guy I would say is if Malik Harrison's there, maybe sure. beginning of the round three. But I see a just a chunk of linebackers between, you know, like maybe that fourth to tenth rank, depending on whose list you're looking at, that just meet what you need in that second and third round. I actually wouldn't be shocked if the Browns took a linebacker in the second and at 97 because they right now have nobody other than Jack and an undersized Paul Brown that are going to be playing linebacker. Uh, you don't need linebackers. Just play more uh, coverage players. That's fine. Slim it down to one. Until, until, the do me. until the Ravens go heavy, put like 19 tight well, – actually, the Bears will get one of their 10 tight ends. And actually, breaking news, the Bears have released Trey Burton, so they are down to nine tight ends. I, oh, so I, they're I'm, definitely taking one in the, in the, with their first pick then. Yeah. Some more breaking news <laughs> on the Browns front. The tender date has passed and no one tendered Kareem Hunt. So Kareem Hunt is signing and staying. So uh, I, I, I would have been shocked if anyone paid a third for him. So when the price was a second, I was much, pretty much a guarantee to stay. So if we jump onto the D-line, we'll start on the interior first. Um, any sort of D-tackle prospects, more likely probably to be a three-tech than a one-tech, just based on the fact that that's where the most obvious gap is um, in the rotation. But any guys that sort of jump out on the interior, and then we'll flip to the edge afterwards. Uh, on the interior, well, I mean, there's the obvious guys that they can go anywhere from the 20s to the 50s in, in uh, you know, Gallimore and, and Matabuke and, and Blacklock, those guys. Some, of, some people have those guys mocked in the first round. Some of them, I've seen some where they drop to the early third, which I don't believe, but you know, those are the obvious guys. A little bit further down, um, I, I, I have been saying for months now, I don't think Jordan Elliott is getting – uh, the love that he deserves. Uh, I, that would be a guy I would be interested in. Uh, Jason Strobridge is a very interesting skill set. 
they moved him all over, which in my eyes kept him from reaching, you know, what he should be because he was concentrating on all these different positions. And he never had a chance to master anything, but he's got a tremendous athletic skill set that I like. Uh, Davin Hamilton, the guy from Ohio State, uh, he, he's just solid. I mean, he's not going to go destroy anything. He's not going to be Aaron Donald, but he's going to do what you want him to do on the inside there. And then uh, James Lynch out of Baylor is a guy uh, I know our mutual friend uh, uh, Jake Burns really, really likes him a lot, and there are other people who are really low on him. So I think uh, with a guy like Lynch, for me, it would be all about value. Lynch would be a guy, uh, you know, in the 97 spot that, that I think would, I would be comfortable with you. If you haven't gotten a, a DT by that point, that would be a guy I could look at right there easily. Nice. Anyone else on the interior excite you, Ian? So I will say I agree. The one – Jordan Elliott – you know, he's, he's kind of a PFF darling. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, he kind of just does a lot of things. Well, um, I just, I don't know how much value Stefanski, Barry Woods, all these guys are going to put in D tackle. So when I look at like those fringe round one going in, who's going to fall to 41, you know, the Ross Blacklocks, Marlon Davidson is the one that I would be interested in because you could play him outside and play him inside. You know, so I think if, if, you know, something happens where he's on the board, I don't see it. But, you know, we always talk about, oh, if this guy's fall, oh, if this guy's going to fall, if this guy's going to fall. Well, there's only 40 guys that can go. So I can't put 73 <laughs> of them ahead of them. You know, somebody's got to fall. So Davidson's one I like. Mentions, but that's yeah. that's yeah. true. That is true. <laughs> but, um, you know, so Davidson's one I like. The kid from Alabama, Raekwon Davis. Mm. I watched some tape and I'm like, I like him. And then I watched some tape and I'm like, is he just decided he wasn't going to play today? Right. So I really don't like the inconsistency. But again, if I'm sitting there on, you know, round three, and I'm like, man, there's a lot of potential with that guy. I mean, you look at some of these other Alabama defensive linemen that have fallen, you know, they produce, they do, they just get in there. They may not be all pros, but when you're talking about a third round pick, you're talking about a guy who just needs to come in and fill the situational role. Um, Lynch, I almost, at this point, hasn't the entire internet told me that he's going to Carolina, that Matt Rule had him over for like Sunday brunch every day, and James Lynch is absolutely going to Carolina. So, right. um, But he's a guy I definitely like. I think he has an upside. Outside of who you mentioned, yeah, Gallimore interests me just because, you know, he's kind of been up and down, and I think his best days are maybe ahead of him. But I just struggle to find somebody before that pick 97 that the Browns are going to assign value. So I almost think that if we're going to go de-tackle, I think day three is probably we're going to attack that. I, I would agree. And just – I know we're not talking about it, but uh, Robert Windsor out of Penn State is a guy who I think may well outplay his draft slot because I think he's going to go day three, but I think he's going to be – I mean, he's not going to be a, you know, a world beater, but I think he's going to be a guy you stick out there for seven seasons and he does his job and you don't have he's to like think about Atiba it. He's like the Atiba Rubin. Yeah. I mean, he's just, he's just going to do a good job, you know, and, and probably at a reasonable price. So – but, yeah, I'm with you. I, I'm not sold on the kid from Utah. I really don't like uh, Lawrence for our situation. He may be better in other teams, but uh, Rashard Lawrence out of uh, uh, um, LSU. LSU, thank you. Jesus. Um, but, Too many players uh, on the brain. Yeah. I, that, uh, was, that was mock draft 37.2, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> and that one was wrong, too. No, no way in hell. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm about 100% with you on everything that you said on that. And, again – you know, since they signed Billings, who I was thrilled, I was pounding the table trying to get him since the start of free agency, the, the need at DT has dropped. So I'm, I, I think you could be right. I think if they push it off, it would be nice. 
if they see a guy at value, but if they push it off to day three, it wouldn't bother me a bit at this point. Yeah, and then on a non-drafting, I also think D tackles one of those positions where uh, Barry and Deep may say, you know, let's just wait for the first round of cuts because I feel like you could find a very service. I mean, last year we had Gerald McCoy and all these guys coming in. Uh, and Mike Daniels, we had all these guys coming in, what, in July? Right. So, look for, like I said, that's where I just struggle with these D tackles. It doesn't scream running back of the defense linebackers day two quite like the linebackers. Do, so. well, the, the, the one reason why I, I keep thinking DT might be a position they move on, just because all three that are currently on the roster are probably gone off this year. Um, two are on one-year deals, and the other one's probably getting moved because the money's going to be too much in Sheldon Richardson. And if you're going to clear a room, drafting yeah the first round's different but pretty much after the first round's done you're not really expecting too much in their first year so if you can come in and play 33 percent of snaps have a solid rookie year then that could be quite high and then suddenly you're the starting um three tech next season so don't rule it out it's one that uh, could be of interest but if we jump outside and we go for the edge position well, who's them guys can I just say one more thing? Another reason that they might prioritize it a little bit more, uh, and I'm not saying they will, but if you're looking for reasons why they might, is because of the uncertainty at the linebacker position that we talked about. I mean, if you've got nothing in front of you, it exposes your, your linebacking core. And so if you're uncertain about your linebacking core, one of the ways to give them some help is to shore up the guys in front of them and keep them clean. So maybe they'll, you know, that might be a reason that they think to, to grab a guy a little higher than, you know, we're talking about here. I don't know, but it's just a thought. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a good shout. If we jump over to the edge, who's them sort of guys that really jump out for you? I think we're going to be quiet on this one because the edge class is not, I mean, there's some interesting guys, but nobody, I think you have to go get. Um, I, I mean, I've seen Aquare dropping lately and as a Notre Dame guy, I see his potential coming off the injury. You know, you've got to take that into account because his, his numbers were wonky this last year, but, and I've also seen all the reports we all have that they just love Curtis Weaver. I personally don't, I mean, I, I don't dislike the kid, but he's not somebody I'm going to be jumping off the table for. Other than that, there's guys that I, – I, I mean, I like Highsmith, but what are you getting? You know, I mean, it, it, he's playing – We have enough us. Charlotte players on the roster. Yeah, I mean, I, I like him quite a bit. Uh, uh, um, Willick, uh, the kid from Michigan Willikies. State. Willikies, Kenny Thank Willikies. Thank you. I apologize. There's like four guys that I've practiced a thousand times and I cannot say their name right. And I feel yeah. so bad. Um, but he's a I'm guy good too with the that big I'll... 10 guys, the big 10 guys. I've watched them all outside. <laughs> you start pulling guys from Montana state and I'm like, uh, <laughs> call Dane Brugler. So you're with me with uh, the guy from Illinois. You can say Olawale Betaku, right? Oh, absolutely. Who can't yeah. say it? I say it in my sleep. <laughs> but I mean, guys like like Zuniga and and Anai and and Alton Robinson and these guys. I mean, yeah, they've all got things that you like, but they've all are they something that you want to spend a, a top hundred pick on at this point? When at least for this first year, you're looking at them to be your fourth edge rusher. I I don't know if that's a yes question or not. I tend to think maybe one fifteen, unless somebody unexpectedly falls or that they've got a high grade on or something like that. As far as edge goes. Any sort of jump out people on day two for you, Ian, or is it sort of a, a wait until next year to replace Vernon? No, I actually, there's a couple of guys and the edge class to me, you know, obviously you have Chase Young and then it's just, you might as well just jump off the cliff to me. Um, because I would, 
I'm not as high on Caleb on chasing as some people are. Um, I, in my mock, which I did one, I don't even have him going in the first round. I just think that he's such, if he does go somewhere, I could see him going to like Baltimore. They really like those outside three, four edge guys. I could see him going there, but I had them taking Nieder Gross Matos. Um, I think he goes ahead of chase on just because of the ceiling. But then I start getting into your AJ Appenzas, your Josh Uche's, um, the kid from Florida Greenard. I'm okay on him. Like, I think if they took him at 41, I'd be like, all right, he's a wait and see. But no, there's um, the guy, and we're getting bubble maybe into that 97 range. The guy I like is that Travis Gibson, the kid from Tulsa. Mm. Dan, unfortunately, Daniel Jeremiah tweeted out about him, I believe, like last week and said he was going to go higher than people think. And that kind of scared me a little bit because I was kind of hoping he may be there in that third round. Um, but then there's rumors that he could be late second. So he's a kid I like, you know, the kid out of Tal- Tulsa. I think he ran like a 4-6 something. So he's definitely got some speed. Uh, I think there's a lot of upside with him. Um, Aquara from Notre Dame. Okay. I think that guy's either going to be really good or out of the league in three years. I just, I haven't, it's tough to really put a thumb on him. And then the other guy is Terrell Lewis from Alabama. Again, you know, you get these guys from Alabama, you know, they go to Tennessee or they go to other places and they just perform. So, you know, if the Browns got up there on 41 and took Terrell Lewis from Alabama, you're not going to see me complain. Anytime you can get big time edge rushers from big time programs, I'm good with that. Great stuff. That, that wraps up the defense. So we've got a little bit of time left. So the one position I most want to jump into on the offense is wide receiver. Um, all the talk is you, you could even be picking up a UDFA that's going to be a Hall of Famer. If you speak to some people, the class is that good. <laughs> um, but let's just look day two. Who are them guys that really excite you and people that you're banging the table for when we pick? Because there is definite need in the room. There is only two wide receivers. And they've both got an injury history. Um, one's probably gone because of cap issues after this year. So who's the guys that you're banging? And I won't rule out two um, if there's a little bit of trade back and we had an extra pick. So uh, who's them names? Who are you sort of desperate for us to add? Uh, I'm not banging the table for any of them uh, at this point um, just because – you know, I mean, yeah, I, I, I understand everything you just said, but they don't use a lot of wide receivers in this offense. And there's just, there's going to be other guys at value that they can get. But if you're looking at guys that, that are generally seen anywhere from 40 to 90 in, in all of these mocks that I like quite a bit, obviously Pittman, although lately he's getting that day one, <clears throat> excuse me, day one love. I really like the kid Ayuk uh, out of uh, uh, Arizona state. And if, I've seen him down in the 70s a few times. If he's there at 74, I could be talked into it, depending on the rest of the board, obviously. Uh, I like Van Jefferson uh, more than uh, some other people, and uh, I still like Tyler Johnson. I mean, I get all of the hesitation with him. I I understand the thought processes, and the fact that he basically has done nothing since the end of the season doesn't help his case. But you watch his film for the last couple of years, and I just like what the kid does. So, you know, you get into that 74, especially 97 – I've seen him in the hundreds uh, pretty regularly, which I don't get. But if he's there at 97 and you've done well on your first three picks, or like you said, you you know grabbed an extra pick and you know you've got four picks, and now you're talking about your fifth pick in the draft at 97, I could easily be talked into a Tyler Johnson. But if they don't do anything at wide receiver until day three, uh, I'll be okay with that as well. Ian. 
you'll find me always selling on guys that everybody else is buy, buying on. And I'm not sure Tyler Johnson must have like the world's greatest PR team. I mean, he was good <laughs> at Minnesota to be wrong, but man, there is people that are just putting this guy straight into Jerry Rice's shoes in the hall of fame. Okay. I, I, I don't see as much out of him as I do the other guys. I think with wide receivers, you know, we don't, a hundred percent know what Stefanski's going to do when it comes to his right. offense. You know, like I said, do they flex Najoku out, maybe keep him off the line if we're going to talk about tight ends, but there are some guys in that second round that I would just salivate over. First of all, I think Ayuk's going to go in the first round. I, I had him, I think on my mock going to Minnesota with their second pick. Mm-hmm. I think you could see him in Minnesota, green Bay, Baltimore, all three of those teams right there at the end of the first round are going to be picking from the Jalen Ragers, the Brandon Ayukes, you know, Denzel Mims is another guy I know that's getting a lot. As long as Michael Pittman doesn't end up in Pittsburgh or Baltimore, I don't care where he goes. <laughs> that guy, for some reason to me, is like that guy that's going to be around the NFL for 10 years. He's going to be like Anquan Bolden, just constantly producing. But there's two guys, and I have no idea where the hell they're going to go in this draft. T. Higgins and K.J. Hamler. I think T. Higgins is an absolute stud. I don't know how anybody outside of the top 25 doesn't take him. I just think every time I watch you know, Clemson play or I watch him play against Ohio State, I'm like, who is this guy? So he's a guy that would interest me if he's somehow, for God knows why, there at 41. Hamler's a guy I think would operate primarily out of the slot. I do really like that. Um, Claypool's another one. Colin Johnson, Lynn Bowden, those are some guys there that I also would be interested in. Just to throw one interesting stat that I saw the other day from at Fredus Boss tweeted was target rate by position looking at Minnesota last year. And so why we hear a lot about the tight ends, wide receivers actually got 47% of the targets. Um, running backs was second with 28%. Tight ends were third with 24%, which that tight end target is still 11th highest in the league, but there's a lot of use of tight ends. The ball seems to be mostly going to the wide receivers, but it's just something to keep in mind. You definitely need a third. A fourth could be useful um, just to add that options and give give some flexibility to uh, OC and head coach. But uh, we haven't got long left, so I just want to wrap up saying a massive thank you to Stephen Thomas at Daily Mock Draft. Does an insane amount of mocks. Even better than his mocks is his gift game, which is just out of this world. And he's also pretty funny as well because he is a cracking stand-up comedian. So um, give a shout-out anywhere else for people to follow you other than on Twitter. Um, plug yourself. No, that's it at this point. You know, the world has ended. So, you know, no more stand-up gigs. So just at Brown's Mock Draft. Thanks for having me on, guys. Keep fighting the good fight, buddy. We appreciate it. No, thank you so much. Make sure you're following him. He will be tweeting out some great names um, as soon as we get into like day two. So when you're following the draft, must follow. So make sure you go check him out. Um, I'll be just chatting random stuff about position. He actually knows who the players are. So uh... <laughs> no, thank you very much. Go Browns. Go Browns.